It's always, remember, it's always important to remember when Jesus references uh, children in, in the gospel, and he does it a lot of times, of how society looked at children uh, 2,000 years ago, especially 2,000 years ago and throughout the Old Testament. Children were not valued. They were kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. They, they really had no rights, and, and they were kind of indispensable. Not indispensable, they were dispensable. And, and so it's interesting that now, of course, look at our society, and, and for the most part, children are, are almost valued above everything else. Of course, we always want to protect children. That's why uh, we're, we're against abortion. That's why we want to protect the innocent and those who can't defend themselves. But as we look at, at society as well right now, it's, it's just so interesting that sometimes children are placed above everything else, including God sometimes. We have to go to our children's soccer game or their soccer practice or their dance recital or whatever, and we put that in front of God. So we always want to make sure we put that in proper order. I think I've, I've preached about that before. First and foremost, we are a son or daughter of God. And then, you know, if you're married, then a spouse and then a parent. But as Jesus mentions children today, once again, he tells us we're called to be like children, and that's in the point of saying it's okay to be at the bottom of the totem pole. It's okay to be the servant of all. Remember, Jesus, in the beginning here of the gospel, is making reference to his passion. This is the third time he's doing it in Mark's gospel. We had it last week. We have it this week as well. And so he tells him, the Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But do you think that the, the apostles understood them? Of course not. They said, but they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. Because remember last time Peter questioned what happened. Satan, get behind me. He's like, I'm not doing that again. I've learned my lesson. But they didn't. They didn't learn their lesson. Because then on their way to Capernaum, they were arguing. And what are they arguing, by the way? Who the greatest of them uh, is, is. You know, who, had, who among themselves on the way was, was the greatest. And so Jesus kind of looks at him and says, what were you arguing about on the way? And he knew what they were arguing about. And this is where he says, if anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Once again, this goes against society. This goes against the norm, and it'll go against our norm today as well. We think we don't want to be the last of all. We don't want to be the servant of all, but we do want to be first. And so Jesus says, to be first, you must be the servant of all, and you must be the last of all. And to prove that point, this is when he places a child in front of them and says, this is what we're called to be like. Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. Because remember, Jesus Christ is a child as well child of the heavenly Father. And what does he do? Well, he accepts to be the lowest on the totem pole. 
He accepts to be the servant of all, the least of all. Why? So that we can have life. And he's saying, you too, we too, are called to do this, to humble ourselves and simply let the Lord, let God be our Father and not worry amongst each other who is the greatest, but to serve, to serve the Lord and to serve those entrusted to us as well, to be childlike, especially back then, to be okay with being on the bottom of the totem pole. You know, I think there's kind of a silly story that, that illustrates this, and it actually deals with uh, a couple of my nieces and a nephew. And uh, about a month and a half ago, I was on vacation, and my, my brother and his family joined me as well. We went camping up at Itasca State Park. And I had the brilliant idea of bringing a couple of my nieces and a nephew uh, to a kind of amusement park. Uh, it was one of those uh, putt-putt and, and uh, go-kart places that was really popular in the 1970s and hasn't been updated since. So uh, it's on its last legs. But it was really cheap, so that was good, right? And so as, as I went there, my brother Luke came with as well. So it was, uh, it was Sienna, who's 12. It's Maddie, Madeline, who's 10. And then Henry, who is, who is 7, and he's my godson. And so I have a special place in my heart for him because every time he sees me, he goes, Uncle Alex, you're my godfather, right? And then I go, I am. He goes, that's why I pray for you every day. I go, great, I need it. So I decided we're going to go to this amusement park, and, and I really thought the hardest part of the amusement park was going to be go-karting, because I'm very uh, competitive in a go-kart, and I didn't want to crash my nieces, or my bro- I didn't mind crashing my brother, but other than that, I thought it was going to be the hardest part. But actually, the hardest thing was mini-golfing, and so we did first. And my nieces and my nephew wanted to go mini-golfing because they know that I like to golf. And so sure enough, we get there and we get our putters from 1942 and our golf balls that I'm not sure go straight at all, and we start to golf. And I realized right away that my two nieces are very competitive. Who would have thought that a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old girl would be competitive amongst each other? Parents would have. Me as a priest, not a clue. And so sure enough, they expect that they're going to be amazing golfers. And on the second hole, uh, my, my niece Maddie, once again, she's the second oldest, right? So uh, my, my niece Maddie gets a hole in one. And we all start cheering. We're excited, except for Sienna. And her face immediately goes like this. She got a hole-in-one, and I didn't. I'm a horrible golfer. I want to quit. And I'm thinking, you've never mini-golfed ever in your life before. And once again, the putter's from 1942. Who cares, right? But sure enough, she starts to have a little bit of meltdown. But my brother takes her to the side and kind of instructs her how to, how to putt. And, and sure enough, she gets, she gets better. And so much better, not great, by the way, but she gets better. And by the ninth hole, it's a very close match. And sure enough, even though my nieces know nothing about golf, they know at the ninth hole, you start adding up the score to see who's in the lead at the halfway point. And so for some reason, my brother put me in charge of keeping the score. 
which was a horrible idea. But I decide, okay, I'm keeping somewhat accurate score. And lo and behold, Luke's in the lead. I'm in second place. And then, of all people, it's Madeline. She's made, uh, uh, Sienna, I mean, Sienna has made the comeback. So the oldest is leading the three children. And then it's Henry. And then it's Maddie, who's losing by a stroke. And at this point, she has a complete meltdown, even worse than her sister. And I'm thinking, why did I even add up the score? Why didn't I lie? I can't lie too much. I'm a priest, so I can't do that. And she, once again, starts not only to complain and think she's a horrible golfer, but she's almost chucking her club like she's Rory McIlroy or something. I, I don't know, right? And so she's, she's doing this and she can't believe, I can't believe I'm in last place. And out of nowhere, my godson, Henry, looks up and he goes, I wish I was in last place. Maybe he's a good brother. Maybe he wants to take the burden off of her. I go, what? what? You want to be in last place? He goes, yeah, Uncle Alex, because Jesus says the last will be first and the first will be last. So I want to be last. And once again, I'm thinking, I'm the priest, and I didn't say that, but, but he did. And it was just a great attitude uh, to have to be, to be childlike. And he kept on saying it. And he's like, I want to be in last place. I'll, and it was, it was so beautiful to see that he wasn't competitive, and it lightened the mood between uh, the sisters. And it really, really was a great experience. And I thought, that's, that's a good attitude to have. So I fast forward a month. And I'm golfing with another priest. And sure enough, the competitive juices start to flow. And I should be thinking in the back of my mind, like Henry, it's okay, it doesn't matter who's a better golfer here, just have fun, enjoy nature, enjoy your Monday afternoon, it's a beautiful day. But sure enough, we get really close, it's on the, on the 16th hole, and I'm cheering for my buddy to miss a putt between two priests. And I think to myself, what is wrong with me? This is ridiculous. And I go, okay, I got, I got to slow down here. And the Lord blessed me, because the next hole I got a triple bogey, so I had no chance uh, to, to, to beat him. But sure enough, we can fall into this comparison game. We can fall into who's the greatest uh, amongst you. Not just in golf, but in, you know, in sports, I guess, in academics, and in the business world, in anything. It's so easy to fall into. But what we're called to be is childlike. We're called to be is simply, who cares? We're the, we're, the, we're the least of all. We're the last of all. We're the servant of all. But we have God, and he has us. And he's created us in, uh, in his image and likeness. We all have different talents and gifts and all have different weaknesses as well. So let's not fall into, into this comparison game. Let's not fall into who's the greatest amongst us all, but simply just be the Lord's child. Be childlike and be fulfilled in that because he truly will take care of us. So when we do this, of course, we know we'll be first. We'll be first in the kingdom of heaven.